Beyond Sin 357. This is Beyond Synth Radio. B008.5. You're tuned into the best place for awesome music and great chat. Beyond Synth is next. Hey there, welcome to the show. This is Beyond Synth. I am Andy. I host this show. Now, today's episode is another weird one, just like the last episode I posted, because I originally did this interview for the YouTube channel, and I have a new sort of video interview series up there called Andy at Desk, where I'm at my desk and I interview people. And this was the conversation I had with Sam Vallelie from Hyperfocus Games. Now, he currently has a Kickstarter going. Going, which I believe should still be active for another few days, for the game he's producing called Ultra Pro Wrestling. And for people who know me, you know I love the N64 era, and I'm always talking about Goldeneye and Perfect Dark and stuff. And the other multiplayer game I loved, I used to play a lot of WrestleMania 2000, which was in a series of these wrestling games made by AKI, and there was just this particular wrestling engine that they developed and used for several games. There was the WCW versus NWO, WrestleMania 2000, No Mercy is I think everyone's favorite. That was like the last one. And they just had a particular play style. And much like Goldeneye and Perfect Dark, I feel like after the N64 era, you know, first person shooters just sort of changed. And so did wrestling games. And so Sam is a guy who just loved those old wrestling games and is making a new game in the style of those old ones in terms of how they played. So when I saw his Kickstarter, I was just super excited about this. And it was really inspiring because at one point I had aspirations to try and make a game, you know, learn Unreal Engine and try and make that game that I've always wanted to exist because there never truly was a GoldenEye Perfect Dark follow-up in the past like 20 years. But, you know, I got sidetracked and never ended up doing it. And so to see Sam actually get this Kickstarter, have the Kickstarter actually be successful and know exactly what he wants to do with this game was just really inspiring. So that's what today's show is about. So look, you can also watch this interview on YouTube, but I know more people listen to the podcast than watch the YouTube channel, so I figured I would also post that interview here. So we will still be listening to cool music, and you'll notice a slight sound difference because I'm not using my regular microphone for this interview because it was recorded in my live stream studio, so the sound is slightly different, and I guess that's all you need to know. So look, let's listen to some music, and then we'll go chat with with Sam from Hyperfocus Games. So let's listen to this track from Dead Astronauts. This is Lust for You.
right, and that was Dead Astronauts with Lust for You. That is a cool song. Of course, Florence, you know her from the uh, the roundtable shows and the old family shows, who is also Glitbiter, and she also is part of uh, Dead Astronauts now as well, even though technically I just played an instrumental track, but... <laughs> Hey, man, you know the drill. So look, uh, let's go chat with Sam Vallely about Ultra Pro Wrestling. So joining me today, and this is all very exciting, is a man named Sam, who is working on a really cool game in the spirit of those N64 wrestling games, and it's called Ultra Pro Wrestling. I don't know why I had to look at my notes there. (laughs) That's the only note I made, Ultra Pro Wrestling. Um, So yeah, so listen, uh, Sam, introduce yourself. Uh, Yeah, well, that's it. I'm Sam Valley from Scotland. I'm an independent game developer. I've uh, been doing that for, I think, 10 years, something like that. And uh, yeah, a few years ago, uh, well, about seven years ago, actually, um, I ended up working with a wrestling company, a Scottish wrestling company. I kind of already knew these guys, so I approached them and said, how about we work together, make a wrestling game? Started doing that for a couple of years. Things fell apart. Uh, the game got shelved. Uh, did other things, other video games, uh worked on websites other things and eventually i just ended up saying to myself i need to go back and do this wrestling game because that's really i'm a lifelong wrestling fan that's my that's where my passion is that's what i want to do big fan of those n64 games we haven't had anything like those games in 20 years so yeah i thought well if i can't do it with that that uh company with real people real licensed people i'll just make up my own characters and we'll do it that way um, because those N64 games, uh, it's, it's really the the game engine that, that, that was the selling point of those games. So to me, it didn't matter if it was fictional characters or if it was real characters. And yeah, and I just thought maybe maybe other people feel the same way. So yeah, I've been doing doing this Ultra Pro Wrestling game for... Uh, I've, I've been back at it for, I think, nearly two years. I was doing it mostly in my spare time. But for the last almost a year, we've had this office now. And I've got a couple of friends coming in helping out and it's been growing and getting bigger and bigger since then and and now now here we are yeah like you make a good point about you know that it's been 20 years because i I talk about goldeneye perfect dark a lot on the show and i felt that the aki wrestling games they almost had the exact same issue which was i felt like all the things i loved about perfect dark and i was so excited when the next generation was coming like the xbox and the gamecube and the ps2 because i thought that perfect dark was like the benchmark in terms of like the options it had and the customization and stuff i'm like oh i can't wait to see what these next gen systems do but then perfect dark became like this evolutionary dead end because Halo and Call of Duty show up, and then it was sort of like, no, actually, this is what first-person shooters on console are now. And the problem I had was that a lot of the things I loved about Perfect Dark didn't, like, carry over. So, like, a lot of the customizations and things that you could do in that game, literally these next-gen games didn't do. And, like, they were almost, like, even more basic in some in some ways. And I felt the wrestling games was the exact same thing, where I was like, you know, they were fun games, the graphics are a little silly, And so I was always thinking, oh, I can't wait, you know, these next gen consoles, like we're going to be playing like these wrestling games, but the graphics are going to be better and it's going to be smoother. And then they just decided like, no, I guess no one wants this play style. And then the wrestling games were sort of more like fighting games. 
Yeah. And they weren't they weren't as interesting to me because what I loved about that N64 game, well, especially like WrestleMania 2000 and No Mercy, was just that the customization, because like I wasn't really a huge wrestling fan. So I loved creating my whole roster of nonsense characters doing these 40 man rumbles with my buddy Jake and getting high and then just like having these ridiculous characters I didn't even remember creating. You know, they'd, they'd run in and just be like, who the hell is tax evasion? Like this dude with like a pimp coat and like <laughs> the fun of that. And and yeah, and I just feel like it just didn't they never continued. Like there was a Def Jam games kind of did it. Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't yeah. the same, man. It just wasn't the same. Yeah, I mean, I, I can go into quite a bit of the history of that and sort of explain. I've got a theory as to why it all happened that way. But just before I go into that, because you mentioned Perfect Dark, um, I wanted to ask you, I just found out something about Perfect Dark, like just a couple months ago that I never knew was a thing. And that's that you can use both controls as uh, <laughs> if you plug two controllers in, you can use the analog stick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a motor yeah, that was something that I just found out recently. So yeah, that was interesting. Well, <laughs> but, a, uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, no, actually, you because you, uh, I'll end up talking about Gold Nine Perfect Dark. So this is <laughs> this is your time. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. No, I'm totally fine with getting sidetracked as well. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so for me, I don't know. I, I've tried speculating over why that is because for me, those games, those API games, were so much better than all the other games. But I think possibly that those games hit right at the peak of the Attitude Era, and that's when the WWE, because of the popularity of The Rock and Steve Austin, they got an influx of new fans. And from my point of view, like I, I've been a wrestling fan my whole life, and so at that age, I'd, I'd been exposed to so much wrestling that. I ended up really getting into Japanese wrestling. You know, there was, we, we were trading videotapes and we had like the Super J Cup and all this stuff. So I think those games really catered to fans like me. But whereas the, the more casual fans, they, they'd get more enjoyment out of a sort of street fighter or like a fighting type game that just happens to be in a wrestling context. I think those fans came in and they, they got, they got the, the SmackDown games on the PlayStation and they just, WWE must have looked at the numbers and said, Okay, you know, AKI, these games, they're selling this much, but the SmackDown games were all the casual fans who maybe didn't appreciate the AKI wrestling element of it as much. I think they sold those those SmackDown games, and I, I, I'm just speculating on this, but I'm assuming that the numbers that the SmackDown games did was so much greater than the, the AKI games that WWE just decided, uh, let's not continue this, let's just axe it. I think that's what happened. Ooh, some interesting theories from Sam. I'm not good at recording these little segue bits. Uh, look, uh, we'll go back to my conversation with Sam about Ultra Pro Wrestling in just a moment. But first, we got to listen to some music. So we got some fun synth pop here from Prism. That's Prism with a Z or a Z for you Yanks from the album All Night. This is We Were Young by Prism.
All right, that was Prism with the track We Were Young from the album All Night. And uh, that's a fun song. And now let's go back to my conversation with Sam from Hyperfocus Games talking about wrestling. And I think I'm about to talk about how annoying load times are. One of the, I guess, advantages when you're on cartridge is there's no loading time. And so for me, like I have a, like a PS5 and an Xbox and like one of my favorite things about this next generation or the new generation, the fact that the systems are quiet yeah, yeah. and that the load times have been cut down. Honestly, I, I didn't realize how much load times were ruining my gaming experience for the past like 15 years or so. <laughs> but the second they were gone, I was like, oh, right. This is like the biggest headache because with the, the AKI wrestling games, like I said, like I would customize the whole roster. Yeah. And most of the time, since we were having a goof, so they were mostly goofy-looking characters. You remember they had the silly flat, flat faces and stuff, and like it was, but they were funny. Like sometimes you could make some characters that ran in with the dumbest names <laughs> and the silliest faces, and that was part of the fun. But also that you could have these forty-man rumbles where characters just kept coming in, and there was no pause, there was no lag. You know, just new ones come in, and like I was also. Um, I'm a big fan of Mortal Kombat, and I remember there was this game, it was called Mortal Kombat Trilogy, whatever, and it was on PlayStation, and it was on N64. And the PlayStation one was seen as the better version because it had more characters, and it had better audio, right? The N64's audio was really muffled and compressed. Yeah. Kind of like the wrestling games. But the thing that frustrated me was that the PlayStation one had this load time that was, that to me broke the game yeah. it was like every time you you're you're in the menu and it's like got to wait a moment before the guy will load characters like shang sung who morph into different characters there was like i think one option was you literally had to pick what three characters you'd like to morph into or there was like this pause where the game would just freeze because it had to load the new guy in whereas on the n64 and the cartridge that didn't happen and yeah. every few years i would try one of these these new wrestling games, like the 2K ones or whatever. And I tried making a character and I instantly was like, fuck this. Like, what the hell? Like, it's like, you want to, you want to go to hair options now? You're waiting for like five seconds just to boot up hair options. Then you're waiting like two, three seconds in between each haircut. And it's like, fuck off. Like, I'd rather have 10, 10 points of customization. If it means they're quick and easy to do, like if I'm making a me or like a Wii character or whatever, like the me sports, yeah, you can you yeah, can adjust yeah. your eyebrows and your eyes and your shirt color, but it's quick. Yeah. And you can still make a little silly guy. And then you can give me like a thousand options on these 2K games. And I'm not gonna fucking sit around for like four hours just to like pick shirts. Like it's it's <laughs> so I what my point is that like I had I had more fun if games are about fun. I had way more fun customizing silly-looking characters with blockheads on the on the N64 one, and still do to this day have more fun making characters on that because it's quick. Yeah, you have the options you need. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It's, it's, yeah, no, <laughs> this is your I, time. <laughs> yeah, no, no. When I when I obviously had those games as a kid on the N64, I didn't have a PlayStation, but my friends did. And whenever I'd go around to their house, and of course they were because that's the console they had, they were more accustomed to the, the load times. But I was accustomed to the N64, so I definitely noticed that when it's like, oh yeah, let's play SmackDown, okay, I'll try it out, and you'd put it on, and it'd be loading for ages, and I'm kind of standing there going, 
like like as you say you know like what is this what, what are we doing here you know but no you bring up a good point as well that that's the thing that that people talk about when they when they're talking about this game is that they don't care actually it's, it's about fun they don't care about super high-end graphics you know that's nice and it's and it looks cool it's impressive what the WWE can do but people don't actually really care too much about that a lot of people anyway that I've been interacting with they they really care about the gameplay and about it being fun I think what you're saying there will resonate with people they, they, they probably feel the same way like they don't need these high-end graphics if you're stealing fun out of it by having us wait endless uh, amount of loading screens and cut times and, and I've actually not played many of the new games but I've seen videos I, I watch videos of people creating characters and yeah I've seen it on, on these videos where you go to select the costume or even go to the next page of a list of costumes yeah. and it's just like it's not instantaneous it takes away the load and yeah yeah it does get annoying it's actually one of the things I learned in college is like you know when you build on a website your website has to load within I think it's within two or three seconds because if it doesn't <laughs> people will just go yeah. they, they won't wait that long you know um, so yeah that's, that's definitely a thing and of course with Ultra Pro Wrestling the graphics are um, not as high end they're not as realistic as the WWE games and of course we're still in the process of developing it there's still lots of testing to do but when we play through the test build there's almost no load between changing uh, costumes I mean if there is a load um, it's like a second to load load in new costumes and that's because they're lower uh, lower resolution models or they're lower polygon models well like at the end of the day you just want to play the fucking game <laughs> Uh, it's so true, right? The most important part of the game is the game. That's what I always say. And uh, let's listen to some music, and then we will return to my conversation with Sam, all about Ultra Pro Wrestling. So this is a cool track from Micro Matt Scenes from the album Billy Summers. This is On the Mountains.
And that was On the Mountains by Micro Matt Scenes from the album Billy Summers. Micro Matt Scenes makes cool music. You know, whenever those tracks pop up in my playlist, I'm like, that's a cool song. And then it turns out to be a Micro Matt Scenes track. So maybe I should chat with that guy at some point. In any event, let's go back to my conversation with Sam Vallely from Hyperfocus Games, where I have once again uh, changed the topic to Goldeneye and Perfect Dark. Because I actually still play Goldeneye Perfect Dark. I've just been doing it with emulation for, like, lots of yeah, years. Yeah. And also, like, I'll boot up the wrestling games as well, and, and I play them on, like, an emulator. And just that, that pick-up-and-play, the simplicity of, you know, there's pretty much two buttons. Everything is pretty much, it's all about, you got to get the grapple. And then once you're in grapple, you've got all those different options of, you know, just press A up, A left, A down, B up. And, like, you had the, you still had a huge variety of move sets. As long as, you know, it just started with strong grapple or weak grapple. Not that I have to explain how the game works to you, but <laughs> yeah, so yeah. For me, so that's what I liked about it because, I, there, I, you know, I was already playing Mortal Kombat. I already had a game in my head where I had, like, moves memorized and stuff. And I liked that, like, anyone could sort of pick it up. Yeah. And in a way, it was like it had this sort of party game quality. This is why, like, Goldeneye was a party game. This game was a party game and that, like, you can give someone a controller and just like, what do you do? Like, just fucking just press A to grapple. You know what I mean? And B is your kick and whatever. And it's as deep as you it's as deep as you want it to be. So if you're playing with hardcore people, then it can be very deep. And there's a lot of reversals and a lot of this and that. And if you're playing with someone who doesn't care and they just want to run at the turnbuckle and fucking pick up a chair, they can do that, too. Yeah, Yeah. Whereas in the age of like. You know, with with first person shooters like after Perfect Dark, once it became Call of Duty, it just became much more. It was about the online and competitive, where you're memorizing maps for two weeks because you you get killed instantly when you play, and it's just like, dude, like this isn't fun. Like it's I I, I don't even know how to add on top of that because that's exactly that's something I've been saying for a long time. I'm not a person who's actually typically a fan of multiplayer games. Usually, when it comes to video games. I'm a fan of uh, like Zelda and even like Super Mario. I, I I I like games that it's just it's me. It's only me. It's my world. I'm in there. But those wrestling games on the N64 that was that was probably actually the first time that I ever like you know experienced playing multiplayer and really enjoying it and really and it, and it is because anyone can come in and like I could probably give the controller t- to to my mother and you know and she'll be able to work it out fairly quickly because it is. <laughs> simple entry point you know this button grabs this button kicks that's it mm. you don't really worry too much about the rest this one moves you around but like you say even though it's simplistic on that surface level it's, it is deep it's so deep that if you get good at that game no one can pick up a controller and accidentally beat you like, yeah. they, they just wouldn't happen whereas there, there are some games out there where you can just randomly press buttons and end up beating someone who's really good. But with these games, that's just not possible. Like You, you just wouldn't be able to lock your way through a match and beat someone. So yeah, I, I love that that type of system. Yeah, I learned that the hard way because like, I was more of a sort of casual... Again, like I'd, I'd get stoned with my buddy and we'd do these 40-man rumbles with no disqualifications. And so like, you know, so you still have to take them outside of the ring and beat people up and you could only knock them out or pin them. Oh, that, that must have been like four hours, you know? Yeah, it was, but it was awesome. Cause like, you know, when you're just on a couch and stoned and stuff and, uh, so, <laughs> yeah. and it was, it was sort of a more relaxed experience. Cause like I say, we'd switch between, so perfect dark is more active. Obviously you're like really paying attention. Then with the wrestling game, we'd, we just casually there 
see if our two characters that we started with could like make it all the way through and then the final battle was between us two at the end oh epic and it was always awesome then when i went to college and i i played with some people who also really like no mercy but they were like good and so then it was yeah. a very different experience. And then it was just like, holy shit, like they were just reversing every single thing I did. I was just like, what the fuck? It was still fun, but it was like, I saw that different level. That it's like, oh, there's like another way you can play this game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's that, one of the reasons, it's actually, it's one of the big reasons why I wanted to do this. Because, you know, if, if, if someone just wants to make uh, an exact replica of No Mercy, it's like, well, why? No Mercy already exists. Why, why would you need an exact replica of that game. Um, but even if we did have an exact replica of that game, we now live in a time where we have an online mode where you could play against anyone in the world. And that, because I always thought amongst my friends that I was the best, I was really good, but I, I, I want to be challenged by other people in the world who are also very good. You know, that's what I want. I want the best of the best coming together and seeing... Because those matches are, are, if you get two guys that are really good at the game, a match can last an hour, and it's just full of reversals and everything, and it's and it's great <laughs> to watch. It's fun, fun to watch. Uh, it's always fun reminiscing about these classic games. Of course, we will return uh, to my conversation with Sam in just a moment, but we got to listen to some cool music. And speaking of cool music, I got one here from Pfeffermouse from The Sixth Extinction, uh, which is a fun song. This is... <laughs> I just realized I don't think I've ever actually said the song title. This is Swabbly Swoop. <laughs> That's a great title. This is Swabbly Swoop from Pfeffermouse.
All right, that was Pfeffermouse with the track Swabbly Swoop from the album The Sixth Extinction. Pfeffermouse makes cool music. I think it was Marco who uh, turned me on to Pfeffermouse, and then I listened to that whole album. I'm like, oh, this is really good stuff. And on that note, let's go talk about some other really cool stuff as we continue my conversation with Sam about Ultra Pro Wrestling, and we talk a bit about the team he's assembled. Because you say you've got some people sort of helping now. Do you consider them like staff or are they just like helpful friends? I mean, like what's the... They're friends that I sort of approached and said, what I'm trying to do is because I can't do this just on my own, it's going to take it's going to take too long. It's going to take so many years because there's a lot of animations to be done and it takes a long time to do them because we're, we're not just pulling animations from the cartridge. We're rebuilding these animations from scratch. And so it's, it's, it's grueling. It's hard. It's, it's, it's not easy. It's not fun, but it, it needs to be done. So what I said to my friends was I'm going to put together a trailer and we're, you know, we're going to spend a few months putting together this package and showing everyone this is what the game is. If you like this, uh, contribute to this Kickstarter. And if the Kickstarter does well, then it'll no longer be a case of friends coming in to help me out. It'll, it'll now be a case of, here's a full-time job. We can do this, not just on, on the weekends, not just on a random Tuesday. We can do this Monday to Friday, 9 till 5, proper job, and get all these animations done, uh, everything else, all the other systems uh, that are in the game, get them all finished. We'll calculate exactly how many man hours it takes to do all this stuff, and that's what we'll do. We'll set up the goals, and, and that's what we did. That's the Kickstarter is all very much every goal in terms of money is all broken down by the man hours that it's going to take to to do this to finish the development. And so, yeah, the friends that I've got working on it, uh, uh, there's a possibility as well we might be able to get more people to come in. Um, and now with the Kickstarter doing so well, we're in a position to be able to afford that we, we don't have to say you know come in on the hope that maybe one day when it's finished it'll make money you know now we've got that kickstarter money we'll be able to actually bring more people in and the, the production of the game will just get done so much quicker for the character animation then it's all hand animated yeah i mean we're basically looking at no mercy um as a reference and we're breaking down we're breaking down the time of the move the, 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 we, we try and work out the exact frame that a transition happens. So if a hand is moving up one way and then it's suddenly adjusts to go another way, we know that that point in time is a transition point in time. So, so yeah, we map out all the transition stages. We then try and line up the character that we have for in the game. We try and line up everything, all his positions for each keyframe, we'll call it. Then there's a whole process of trying to smooth it out and make it look good because sometimes we do it and it looks a bit janky. It doesn't look right. Um, So you have to go over it and and adjust things and change things and that can take a long time as well. So yeah, it's it's hard. It's not easy. But as most people have said with the trailer, it looks good. The the, the end result is it's been worth it. A lot of people, uh, well, not a lot, but... uh, a handful of people are convinced that this is uh, a mod. That this isn't. Uh, this isn't a brand new game. This is yeah. like uh, just <laughs> somehow a mod of No Mercy. Uh, which, if anyone can mod No Mercy to look like that, then you know, well done to you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think sometimes people forget what some of these games actually looked like because when you see like the graphics of your game, like yeah, it's, it's like cartoony, but it's all like it's smooth and stuff like this. I can look at it and see the legacy of the AKI games. But then you remember when you actually look at the AKI games, 
the characters are very simple. They're like a bunch of spheres, right? Like, like it's like sphere for like. Well, well actually, and um, this is something I don't think I've actually mentioned on any other interview that I've done. So this is an exclusive here. When we modeled the crowd, we thought it'd be a, a cool kind of, almost like an Easter egg, a cool kind of callback. If we took the character model for the crowd, mm. and we based that off of the No Mercy models, so we were able to through emulation. Uh, look at the wireframe of the No Mercy models. So our crowd members, uh, our crowd uh, audience, are the each individual audience member is an exact, uh, well, not an exact, but a very close representation of a No Mercy model. So when you see the crowd and the crowd looks kind of very low poly, that is what the No Mercy characters were. That's that's how low poly they were. Yeah, so yeah. when you compare one of the wrestlers to one of the crowd members. You can actually in game see the difference. Wait, the the crowds were polygons in the old game. I thought they were like just still pixel art or whatever. Oh no, I mean I mean the wrestlers from the old games. So our crowd, our crowd member is a version of one of the wrestlers from the old games. Oh, okay, so okay, at, okay. Now I got yeah, you. Yeah. I thought you were like emulating yeah. the the shitty fucking pixel art people that had like the two <laughs> frames of. No, no, no. <laughs> Um, no, but so when you look out into the crowd in Ultra Pro Wrestling and you see like a hundred characters, mm. where if you remember in, in No Mercy, you could only get four characters on screen at one time. Um, now you look out into our crowd and there's a hundred of these guys. Yeah. And they're all, they're all basically the, the No Mercy characters in terms of uh, their, their, their polygon count. Well, that's awesome. Wait, so... Okay, you know, once you have like a Kickstarter going and you've got people who are like all excited to like play things, and I guess you mentioned it before, but I guess you have sort of like a, a priorities list. Do you have like a breakdown, like a point where the game would be playable, but you wouldn't have all the features yet, but you'd be happy enough to go like, all right, you can play it, but like it doesn't have this mode and it doesn't have this and that. Like, is, is there a point in your head where you're, where you'd be happy with you know, putting it out to be played. Yeah, so that's that was actually the first goal on on the Kickstarter. The the first one that's seventeen thousand uh, pounds is to basically get everything set up for a full one on one match. Because right now in the game engine, you can play it, you can you can walk around, you can lock up, you can do a couple moves, you can go outside the ring. But there's a lot that still needs done. Um, there's a lot like like you can't and just now in our game engine, you can't. Uh, hit your opponent and have him go flying over the top rope. So that's that's an area that, that, that's not done yet. And again, that actually depends on the animation for that being done. Other things like, uh, I'm trying to think, like throwing them into the guardrail and having them hit the guardrail a certain way. So so when you when you look at what what's involved in a one-on-one match, there's actually an incredible amount of animations that you just don't really think about mm-hmm. um, when you're playing it. Because when you're playing it casually, you know, you may do one or two moves here and there, but you don't think about all the, you know, when you're when you're down and you're trying to get up, you know, there's there's a few different ways that you, you stand up and it depends if you're facing up or if you're facing down. So there's so many animations that still need to be done. And then that's also, once the animations are done, it still needs to be programmed into the game properly. So there's still quite a lot of work to be done to get it to the point where we could release a one-on-one match that's playable and there's no bugs. So that's what that's our goal now. That's the priority now is to get from the time the Kickstarter ends until I think we've sort of scheduled that for either August or maybe November. I can't quite remember. But that's the goal. The goal is to get the full one-on-one match and actually release that on Steam, then spend the next year uh, developing everything else. 
Um, parts, parts of the game have been in development as well. Like the Create a Wrestler system is quite far along, not finished, but quite far along. The um, Create an Arena is quite far along, not finished, but but yeah. So the goal now is to get the one-on-one match and then spend the next year polishing everything else, getting everything else fully working, um, and also a career mode. We've got we've got a very rudimentary base level. Uh, set up for for developing career mode elements. So there's still a lot to be done. There's still loads of work to be done. But our goal, everything we're focused on just now, is to get that one-on-one match done and have that released as an early access beta. And is one of the priorities of that like all the animations? Like, would you ever consider releasing a version where it's like, okay, but you can't drop kick? So, so we don't need. In order to get this one-on-one one match done, we don't need every animation in the game. We only need the moves and the sort of base animations, as I say, like standing up and all that stuff. And actually, what I'm going to do is uh, we have a Discord, so all the people that are backing us on Kickstarter that have that Discord backer uh, role, I'm actually going to contact them and let them sort of democratically decide what moves these two characters in the demo. I'm going to let them decide what moves... Uh, the, these two characters have and then so once they decide on all the moves that are going to go into this demo then that's the priority as well we'll stick that up these are the these are the exact animations that we need to work on now get these animations done first and then uh, refine the gameplay and get that one-on-one match out and then from there we can do a bunch of other stuff we can spend a bit of time on the on the career mode we could spend a bit of time on the creator wrestler we could spend a bit of time doing the other animations we'll be a lot more open to doing the rest of the game once that one-on-one match is, is finished and out there. All right, and we'll return to my conversation with Sam Vallely from Hyperfocus Games in just a moment, but it's music time, and I got a cool one here from Zaber. I've never known how to pronounce this. Maybe it's even Saber. It's spelled Z6B3R. I'm going to say Zaber, like the six is supposed to be an A and the three is an E, and you know how people do things. It looks like a password. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to say Zaber uh, from the album Legion 63. This is Impulse.
And that was Impulse by Zaber from the album Legion 63. That is a cool song, and I hope I'm saying that artist's name correctly, but some artists have some wacky names. But I'll tell you what isn't wacky, the cool work of Sam over there at Hyperfocus Games working on this ultra pro wrestling. So let's go back to that where I start to uh, dig into Sam's past. So what kind of uh, games were you working on before? Like, you, is this was this your career or are you doing other stuff and this has always been like a side thing? Like, what's the deal with that? No, I mean, I've mostly been doing software development of some kind. Um, I spent over a year developing a website that, that might still end up being released at some point in the future. It was a kind of play on eBay, but there was lots of different rules. Um, spent a year developing that. The sad thing about that is it's almost finished, but... Hmm. Um, in order to launch something like that, I think you need a ton of investment. Like if you just launched eBay and there's no users, no, yeah. no one would have any reason <laughs> to see. It depends on other people. So, so yeah, I spent a year doing that. Uh, so that was a sort of website uh, side of things. The, the game that I did before I went back to working on the wrestling game was a political fighting game. Um, <laughs> it's called Andrew. <laughs> it's called Andrew Yang Path to Presidency, mm-hmm. um, and so. <laughs> I made a sort of a Dragon Ball Z type look of a game where you got to play as Andrew Yang and you could fight all the other political candidates. So you, you could fight Joe Biden, you could fight Donald Trump, you could fight uh, Bernie Sanders. And so the, sto- the story for that game was it's his path to, to win the presidency and you have to go off and beat all the other guys. Video games cause violence and so do I. So yeah, that was quite good. That was a fun game. That was the first 3D game that I actually released because before that, it was all uh, everything else I've done. It's all been 2D mobile app based games. How big is the learning curve then in terms of just navigating like the 3D stuff, like fucking hit detection and like all the stuff that go? It just seems to me like it seems very complicated. Yeah, it's not too hard. Uh, well, sorry, I shouldn't say that. It, it's, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's not as hard as I anticipated. Um, when I was spending lots, lots of years doing 2D games, one of the things that put me off even trying a 3D game is because of how hard I thought it would be. And yeah, I guess there is there is a learning curve, and you know, it, it did take me lots of trial and error to get things right. But I'm at, I'm at the point now where you know I have been doing this so long. There's kind of no real obstacles. There there is things I haven't done with game development, uh, like crossplay, for example. That's the new thing. I've never done anything with crossplay, and. I want Ultra Pro Wrestling to have crossplay. So that's a potential hurdle that, that I might run into something that I'm not sure about. There's other aspects as well, like uh, community creations. But every every time I've run into a, a hurdle before that I've, that I've been worried about, I've always been able to figure it out and, and do it. So there's nothing in terms of development that I'm worried about. I, I think I have ADHD and I just, as soon as I like something, mm. I, I give that my full 100% attention. And I actually found out that the term for that is hyperfocus. Uh, which is why we're called hyperfocus games. So, <laughs> so I think I think you know wrestling was just easy for me to give my full attention. And so yeah, I've just any time there's been a challenge, I've just I've found a way around it. I've I've, I've, I've studied it. I've, I've stayed up till four o'clock in the morning reading websites and articles and stuff. And yeah, I, I, yeah, I just get around it somehow. 
You see, this is some really inspiring stuff, and it kind of makes me want to go back and see if I can learn Unreal and make that game. It's why I really enjoyed this conversation. Anyways, let's uh, go listen to some music, and then we will return to my conversation with Sam. This is a cool track from Gattaca. This is Tech X. That was Tech X by Gattaca. That's a cool one. And uh, yeah, let's go back to my conversation with Sam, where I once again <laughs> changed the topic to Goldeneye. There was this period of time, again, to sorry to bring up Goldeneye and Perfect Dark, but like there's this point where I was like, dude, if no one's like, I've been waiting 25 years for what I consider to be a proper follow up, even Perfect Dark Zero on the Xbox. 
wasn't a proper follow-up to Perfect Dark because it was like they were trying to emulate the Halo style of only holding two guns and all this nonsense. And so there was this point where I was literally like, oh, fuck, am I going to have to do this? I don't know anything about game development. And I literally started making a trailer. I was going to, like, use Blender and I was going to try and, like, throw some shit together because, like, split screen is, like, is important to me. I know for a lot of people, it's just this antiquated junk. But like for me, I'm like, I like to fucking, you know, have some beers and play with my old friends. And like, even as old men, it's all, it's almost like I want a game that's a little simpler, easier to because like whenever we would try and play Call of Duty, because some of the Call of Duty games have split screen. But then you're in this menu for like four hours. And like if someone wants to customize their guy, there's a ton of options. And then you just still end up with an army man. Like, it doesn't matter what you do. Yeah. There's like, oh, a hundred different fucking masks and different ways you can have a skull on your helmet. And it doesn't make a difference in, in game. Everybody looks the same. Because meanwhile, in Perfect Dark, all you could do was swap heads with bodies. But you could still end up with like, you know, like, oh, I'm fighting a match against scientists. And like, I'm in a fucking tuxedo, you know, and like, and then or there's a bunch of janitors or something. And then like in Call of Duty, there's like a million guns. They're all the fucking same. It's like there's like 50 things in the submachine gun category. It's the same damn gun. It's just like, well, this one's got one point less here and one point more here. And it's just like. I was like, fuck, am I going to have to do this? And then I see your story and I'm like, here's a guy doing the thing you know what i mean like everything you were saying you were saying all the right words in my in my in my ears it's like yeah it's just like some of these games like they just the the legacy was never continued and it's a shame because the core game itself was what made it good because it clearly wasn't the graphics it was the game it was like you know i mean that's what everybody loved yeah and i definitely have that that a feeling of no one else is doing it i might as well do it because, uh, as you say, I mean, uh, the AKI games, they're 20 years old. And at, at the start of that 20-year gap, I was optimistic. I thought, you know, they're such great games. Of course, of course, there's going to be a sequel <laughs> in some form, you know. Uh, and we, I guess we kind of did. You know, there was the Def Jam games. It was the same company. But but it wasn't the same. No. Um, and then, of course, I think as the years went on, a few wrestling games came out. And I remember watching... Uh, interviews with uh, the developers. There was the TNA game, and I don't know if it was a I don't know if it was a developer or if it was a wrestler. But I remember watching an interview where they said, "Yeah, we're we're we love No Mercy. This is this TNA game. We've been talking to everyone. They love No Mercy. We love No Mercy. That's what it's going to be like. We're going to make it like No Mercy." And and then I get excited, and then it comes out, and you're watching it, and you're like, "This isn't fucking No Mercy. <laughs> <laughs> you lied." <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, and I mean the same. Yeah, it's happened even with indie games. Um, there was Pro Wrestling X, which was a big. We're going to be the next. We're going to be the spiritual successor mm. to AKI, and they've definitely tried to go for some of the gameplay mechanics, um, and even I think some of the timing. But there's just something about that game. Like if you look at the ring, the, the ring in that game is preposterous. It's like it's it's not. It's like a monster ring. It's like you know the turnbuckles are. I shouldn't be shitting on them because you know they're, they're nice guys and everything. But but it's just you look at it and, and just by looking at it you go, uh, this isn't it. This is this just isn't it. And so as a fan and someone who wants those games, you again you feel kind of let down and you're like, when are we ever going to get an American? And that's it's one of the reasons why you know it'd be so easy to to claim we're making a, 
a game that's that's an homage to the AKI games and then just you know do different animations or do different timing or whatever and then anyone would look at it and go this isn't this isn't what we want hmm. so although there has been one or two people that you'll find I mean it's the internet you know you're going to find criticism somewhere so there's <laughs> one or two people that that, um, that will say why would I play this why I'll just play No Mercy you know hmm. um, or or say uh, you, th- this game here is just ripping off No Mercy and my response to that is this is what we want this is what I want and this is what everyone else who wants who loved those games this is what we want you can call it a rip off if you want I mean we're not taking any from, from the game we are building the animations from scratch it's a lot of hard work but if, if we did it different no one would care because this is actually what we want we want it to be like No Mercy we want it to feel like No Mercy we want the camera angles to move like uh, No Mercy we, we just want all of that but a more updated version new moves the ability to play online um, you know updated graphics even though some people might think they're the same graphics uh, <laughs> updated graphics uh, being able to wrestle in the crowd tables like because I mean yeah you had tables in No Mercy but they weren't really anything you know the, you, you couldn't pick them up and move them around you couldn't place them um, all the stuff that you could do with the ladder you could have done that with tables but which just it was never a thing. Uh, no Mercy is limited by having only four characters. If we can have a No Mercy game with, with ten characters in the ring, a, a Royal Rumble with ten <laughs> characters, and it plays like No Mercy, I mean, fuck, I, that's what that's what I want. I, you know, I want an updated, upgraded version of it. And so that's what, I, as as you say, I looked around and I said, no one else is doing it. Fuck it, I may as well do it. So so that's it. <laughs> it's that trick too of like knowing what it is that makes the game special because I would see the occasional wrestling game come up. Maybe I was even seeing the one that you were talking about, but I don't remember the name where it it would be advertised and it would have these kind of chunky looking cartoonish kind of characters. But then it turns out like that's all they were doing. It's like to them, the homage to this game is making something that looks like it, but doesn't play like it. And so like some people do these little sort of like golden eye kind of homage games. And it's like to them, it's like it's an homage because it's low polygon and there's no reload animation. Like, the gun goes off the screen and comes back and stuff. And it's fine. Like, I'm not going to shit on anyone for doing it. But it's like, I've I've been waiting 25 years. We've got the tech. We've got the PS5. We've got the Xbox. You know, we've got these powerful computers. So I would love to play a game that was like an updated GoldenEye. But, like, I would expect it to look like a modern game. But just not be, you know, a Call of Duty where you're just running around and someone's just yelling grenade at you constantly. And you're just dying. I mean, like, that's... <laughs> That's the experience of Call of Duty for me. It's just fucking grenade, get to the LZ. And like, I'm just like, fuck this. Like, I want to be James Bond. Like, I don't. Anyway, so, but that's the thing. And so yeah. I've had the same thing with the, with the wrestling ones as well. It's like, I, I, every so often I'll put one in, but I don't give a shit about wrestling. I mean, like you say, like it was in the 90s, like that attitude era, even if you didn't know wrestling. You, you still got it by osmosis. Like, I would still have a friend with a VHS tape who's got, you got to see Mick Foley land on all these tacks, you know? And I'd be like, okay, so like, <laughs> so I saw Mick Foley land on some tacks and some other stuff. So like when I see the new covers, it's just like, oh, like this wrestler is on the cover. I'm like, I don't know who that is or what this is. I just want to make a cool character. The second I dive into that menu and see how slow it is, I'm out. Just because it was it was for free on PlayStation Plus, I think, a while ago. So that's why I played the newer one. It was like, because I wasn't going to yeah. pay money for it. And or yeah. it technically did for my stupid subscription to Sony, but and so <laughs> that's the problem. So I would see these things, I'd be like, oh, maybe this will capture the magic. 
and that's why your story is is so exciting and and uplifting because it's like because it's the same thing it's like the same thing for 20 like i feel i feel like an asshole because everyone else is playing all these new games and they're all just like fucking golden eyes every single game article i've ever read in my life called games that haven't aged well golden eye is always at the top of that fucking list and it pisses me off. Oh, really? Well, everyone, it's like, I think it's like a game journalist's rite of passage is to write a games that haven't aged well list and put Goldeneye at the top of it. Like, people love doing that. <laughs> so, like, oh, look at these blocky graphics and the controls don't make sense. I'm like, fucking use Solitaire. Like, there's a second control style. Anyway, but the, <laughs> it always frustrated me that there has not been proper successors to these fucking games. And if there was, I'd be playing them and I wouldn't be, like, fucking complaining uh, I because I, I, I'd be happy. I'd have my thing, right? Like I would, I would, I would be playing fucking Perfect Dark Six right now, and we'd be playing fucking <laughs> WrestleMania, whatever. And like you know, it, it, and we'd we'd all have the stuff we wanted, but they just for some reason decided that that wasn't, you know, I don't. Yeah, know. and I mean, I'm I'm in the same um, position as well, and I, and I'll see some comments as well uh, for Ultra Pro Wrestling where people immediately go, um, oh, not another one. We've been promised a no mercy successor so many times that we don't have the energy for it. We just don't have the energy for getting our hopes up one more time because yeah, every, every time like someone has said that we're going to make a spiritual successor, it ends up not being that thing. And I was one of those people. And so when I read comments where people are talking about uh, ultra pro wrestling and they're saying not another one, Hmm. I'm like, I was one of those people. Like, I'm with you. I'm, I, I know what your disappointment is because that, that was my disappointment. And all I can say to those people is, please, please believe one more time that this one is different because it is. It really is. It's different in terms of, yeah, it's not going to be what those other games are, hmm. but it's going to be the same as, as those API games, which is what we want. See, Sam knows what we want, and that's the important thing. Uh, Let's listen to another song, and then we will continue uh, my conversation with Sam. This is Ikaru, E-C-A-R-U. That's probably Ikaru, right? Uh, From the Legacy EP, this is Prophet.
right, that was Prophet by Ikaru. That is a cool song. And of course, uh, we are continuing my conversation with Sam Valley from Hyperfocus Games about uh, the game he's making, Ultra Pro Wrestling. I want this, I want you to be the template story where like other people see this and they go, if Sam can do it, then and then they go and they yeah, make yeah. fucking goldeneye for me so I don't have to because like yeah, yeah. I am too old yeah, to learn this stuff. I've got gray hair. <laughs> I tried, I, I booted up Unreal before, thinking like maybe I can get started. You know, I'm on this, this weird gray screen with like this first person shooter template where you're shooting like tennis balls at like some gray robot guy. I've spent twenty five years going, why do I still find Goldeneye more satisfying to play, even though the you know the controls are wacky and all this stuff? Part of it was that to compensate for the crappy controls, you know, the older shooting games kind of held your hand a bit when it came to is like Doom games like that, where you sort of just have to point in the direction of the character you're shooting at, and then you get the hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it doesn't have to be up and down necessarily. Yeah, and the thing is. There is something slightly satisfying about that if you are trying to emulate an action movie. Because in action movies, they don't really aim, right? Like you, they, you know, like the, the hero runs in with an Uzi, goes like, and then all of a sudden you cut to a shot of three guys going and like falling down, right, with the squibs. And so when yeah, I play yeah. games like that, I feel more like an action hero because I just sort of run in the room with yeah. and glasses breaking and stuff. And when I say that, it makes me sound like some idiot who like doesn't like hardcore games or whatever but no but i i agree with you a hundred percent it's like yeah you you're trying to emulate the feeling of being the hero and to make it if you if you if, if you veer away from that because you think uh, ultra realism is better hmm. ultra realism looks cool when it comes to graphics and you know there's new uh, ray tracing stuff that's going on that makes stuff look super realistic but everyone i've asked uh, about this question they all want gameplay first yeah Graphics are cool, you know. You can watch a video of of some cool graphics. Yeah, <laughs> but that doesn't necessarily mean you want to spend your time. <laughs> you, know, you don't want to spend your time playing that because you know it, it is. It really is gameplay has to be first because that's where you feel like the hero, like you're saying. With newer games, since there's so much physics based stuff, I miss a lot of those bespoke animations, like. Because when I would play Goldeneye, you know, you shoot the guy in the leg, he grabs his leg. You shoot him in the shoulder, he grabs his shoulder. And with a lot of new games, since it's all physics-based and, like, there's, like, some, like, damage engines and stuff, that it's not as... it Maybe it makes more sense or is more realistic, but it doesn't feel like an action movie because in an action movie, we have expectations. You shoot a guy in front of a window, he falls and flies through the window, even if the physics and gravity wouldn't have propelled him. But that's because that's what happens yeah. in movies. And... I feel like with the wrestling games, it's a lot of like animations that you have to build. Like, there's no just like. I mean, do you even do you even use physics stuff to blend animations, or is this game purely like it's all has to be every animation has to be hand done or whatever? Well, yeah, there, there, there's physics involved, but it's not the same type of physics that you would see in other games where they're going for realism. Um, there's a thing nowadays that people like to use. It's called ragdoll physics, yeah. where the, your, your character has an awareness of gravity. So if you get shot in the arm, your body kind of goes limp and you fall in a way that someone in real life would fall if they were being shot in the arm. Mm. But like you say, in a movie, if someone gets shot in the arm, they do that take again and again until it looks cool. Yeah, yeah. You know, because 
because real real world stuff, and especially with wrestling. And I've, and I know some wrestling games um, that are on the horizon. They are trying to use that ragdoll physics because they want you to you know throw the guy through the table and have it look different every time. Mm-hmm. And I and I, I understand why they're doing that, but at the same time, because it's wrestling, wrestling's choreographed. So like when you slam someone, it's not like slamming a person in real life. You want them to actually sell the move. You want them to kind of come back up and and act, you know, hurt in in the right place and all that stuff. That, that it adds to the drama, adds to everything. So a wrestling game, if you're trying to replicate something that's choreographed, I actually don't want physics like that. I don't want realistic physics because then it doesn't look like wrestling. Then it, 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 it might look like a real life fight, but that's not what we're going for. We're not going for a real life fight. We're going for a beautifully choreographed match. I mean, everyone talks about the AKI animations being so good. Mm. Yeah, and I, th- I think those AKI games really do capture that. It, it, it feels like a wrestling match. Um, but whereas if you just add all the physics, I mean, you look at the WWE games nowadays, they, they're so heavily uh, powered by physics that, that it leads to loads of problems as well. And the ropes end up snapping off and come flying <laughs> and hitting people. And a, a rope or something will hit a character and the character will go flying because because it's so physics dependent yeah. and you get those numbers wrong at one angle or something and yeah, then it just looks you know ridiculous but with No Mercy because it is uh, or those AKI games all of them because they were really sort of controlled in that way they didn't rely on physics too heavily you never had bugs like that and it just looked like it looked like wrestling so yeah I, I definitely know what you're saying and I definitely agree with you there because with that predictability you still have strategy built so like when you see a character if you're playing a wrestling game and they're running at you with a certain animation it's like now there's a strategy involved with oh i know how i can dodge this move because i kind of see the thing they're setting up and so you still have all of these different options even though there's there's limitations in place on the surface it seems restrained but in actual fact it becomes more like a chess game or more like this this is what i've been missing for fucking 20 years right more than 2023 so more than 20. Yeah, it's more than 20. No, <laughs> I just, uh, I 100% agree with you. It's like, yeah, even the example you gave there, if someone's running towards you, you know you know the timing. You mm. just in, in, intuitively feel the timing for, for the reversal. But whereas if you have a game that's like so heavily physics-based, all that goes out the window. Um, there's so many different circumstances and situations, and especially if you have weapons and tables involved, everything changes, and all of a sudden the skill level drops. And if the skill level drops, for me, the, the fun of the game drops. That, that was one of the reasons I didn't like the SmackDown games because they felt too chaotic. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they felt like you couldn't really prepare for things that were about to happen because there was there was just so much chaos going on, um, and that's something that put me off those games. Um, and it's something that AKI games did well because it was constrained. So yeah, I mean, I'm just everything you're saying. I'm just like, yep, yeah, that, that's that's that's. I've said that before. That's what I feel. We're just on the same page, yeah. The 
it's always nice to meet people who are on the same page. That's been the most fun, you know, doing Beyond Synth, is uh, talking to people who have these similar nostalgic connections to stuff that you liked. It's one of the positive things about the internet, considering the internet can be largely shitty a lot of the time. Anyways, uh, let's listen to some cool music, and then we will continue my conversation with Sam. You know what? Let's listen to some Makeup and Vanity set. You know, I was listening to some the other day, and uh, this track popped up from the album Chrome, and this track is just awesome. This is Implant by Makeup and Vanity Set. We'll be right back. 
right, that was Makeup and Vanity set with the track Implant. Sometimes it's fun just to play some classics. I call that a classic. When did Chrome come out? I forget the date. <laughs> it turns out it was like last year. But yeah, you know, I'm always on the hunt for new music and stuff, and sometimes I forget that, uh, you know, there's these legacy artists out there who are truly just awesome and always produce awesome stuff. And of course, Makeup and Vanity Set is one of those. Anyway, let's go and wrap up my conversation with Sam Vallely from Hyperfocus Games. You got this Kickstarter. Now, how much longer does the Kickstarter go for? I think we've got eight days left. But you've made the goal. Like, now people are just like, now it's all the extra super goals, right? Yeah, yeah. So the first goal was 17,000. We we got that in about three days, I think. I didn't actually check the Kickstarter for the first couple of days. So, so the first time I checked it, we were already up to, I think, 13,000. And so... Yeah, that was just a bit mind-blowing. So we, we got the first goal very, very quickly. And then we have all what they call the stretch goals, which is if it gets this amount, then we can add this. If, we, if it gets this amount, we can add these features. So right now there's two stretch goals left. The next one is £50,000. We're at £41,000 just now um, with eight days left to go. Um, we actually also have a bunch of media. There's a company called Smack Talks that might be doing a video on us. Um and if that comes out, you know, that's they've got, I think, about half a million subscribers. Mm-hmm. So if, if, if everything falls into place, I think it's very, very likely that we could hit all those goals. And see, I've been reading comments from people who who are telling me that the same things I've been saying, the same things you, you're saying, waiting 20 years for, for this game. Um, I read through those comments and it is a bit surreal to know that there is that many people out there. You know, I've been doing this game kind of in the dark for so many years um, I wasn't active on Twitter um, until just maybe six months ago I think I started talking about the game um, but for most of the game's life I've just been in a dark room <laughs> by myself <laughs> uh, not really talking to anyone about it and you know you do start to think oh is anyone going to care is any does anyone want this other than me so yeah reading reading all these comments from a lot of people a lot of people been messaging and Saying, saying just the same things. I've been waiting so long for this game. This is their dream game. They can't believe it's real. And I just like, this, that's that's how I was. That's how I felt before I started making it, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, that's the exciting thing. And I think that's what's important is when, when you feel that thing in your heart where like, if someone, I got to make it. Because like, I see a lot of indie games that are always these sort of wacky things. And I'm always thinking like, did anyone, who wanted this? Like, did they even want this? Did, were they just trying to test a plug-in or something to like, you know, like, oh, I've, I saw some cool cloud simulation thing on Unreal, so I'm going to make a game about clouds. But I'm like, but do you care? Like, is your heart yeah. in this thing? You know, when, you, when you're making a game out of that almost like that desperation that like, fuck it, I'll do it then. You know what I mean? Then, then that's like, if that's where someone is at where there's that much drive that they just have to do it because no one else is doing it, then I have to believe that there's other people in the world who are, you know, waiting yeah. for that thing too. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I don't think one single, unless your idea is so fucking weird, and there are some weirdos out there, so I'm sure, but I mean, video games are different because there's so much technical work you got to put in. It's not like a weird art film or something where you can just like hit record and go down the street and like dance around in a weird way. Like you, there's so much technical stuff you got to do that you have to care. Like you just have to because yeah. you, you're putting in, well, you must be putting in ridiculous hours. Oh, I mean, me personally, um, so 
uh, as I said, the game's been in development for a lot of years. Most of that time has been what I could contribute to in my spare time while I was trying to work on other things. But for the last eight months, the last 10 months, I've been working on this game seven days a week and for the last uh, month building up to the trailer I mean I'm waking up at nine o'clock in the morning and I'm going to bed at two o'clock in the morning Um, so this is like this is I I don't think I've ever worked on anything this hard you know this is everything this this, this is my my life you know just now so as people have asked you know what happens if the Kickstarter doesn't reach all the goals um, they think in terms of a game developer, like we're just going to say, oh, well, you know, we tried, you know, we so we'll, so we'll build the game to this level and then there you go, well, that's your game. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I'm, I'm not just some game developer. I'm, I'm a wrestling fan who's obsessed with AKI. Um, so like, even if it kills me, like I'm going to do everything that, that, that all the goals that we want to, to achieve will be in the game eventually. If we don't get all the funding, then it just takes a lot longer. It yeah. takes, you know, it could be it could be four years before all the features are in there. If we get the funding, then it's going to be a lot sooner, much much sooner. Um, but I'm never giving up on this. This is just this is just going to be my life forever now. You know, I'll just constantly update it, constantly add to it because that's it. It's a it's a it's a passion project, 100. percent So, like, are your kids going to forget what you look like, or what? <laughs> I oh, they've they've long since forgotten what I look like. <laughs> man well listen it was a great talking to you it's all very exciting and everything you're saying is exactly what i want to hear which is always nice yeah and it's been awesome talking to you you shouldn't spend too much time on twitter either though because you'll hear a lot of things you don't want to hear surprisingly um and i'm someone that i guess maybe just prepares for negativity i'm shocked at how little negativity we've received i'll say this because like when you're dealing with nostalgia and as long as you don't touch any hot button topics you should be good because like if you deal with nostalgia even the people who are shitty on the internet want to be you know they want to relive those like nostalgic things too and as long as like you don't make a post tomorrow about like some political thing like then you're you should be okay i'll I'll tell you um because i did do a political game in the past i did the andrew yang one Mm. I know what that world is like, and I know what the. <laughs> I know how easily you can get on the wrong side of someone. Mm. And for me, I feel like I've been through that political obsession stage in my life. Yeah. And now I'm back to I don't care about politics. This I'm just back to I want. I just want to enjoy life. I just want to have fun. Yeah. And that's what this is. This is just. I, if anyone messages me or tries to talk to me about political stuff. Um, I'm just going to ignore them because this is this is all I care about. It's, life is too short for all that stuff. I just want fun, and this is what this is. It's yeah. just fun. And honestly, it's that's that's what's going to bring us all together. Is this uh, ultra pro wrestling? All right, you'll be the unifier. It's going to be all very exciting, whether it happens now or in four years. But like, I think honestly, that look, man. I'm bad at saying goodbye, so I'm going to keep saying goodbye over and over again as I like hang up. But uh, listen, this is fucking cool as shit. I find this story really inspiring because I feel like this is... I see I see my own life where there was this trajectory where it's like I had this thing where I really wanted to make and I just felt, fuck it, I just can't do it. I just, I'm old, I, I tried, I looked at the things, it was all complicated. I watched these weird videos of like dudes with really thick like Russian accents explaining how to use Unreal Engine on like YouTube and stuff. And then it got overwhelming. And then I saw your thing and it was like, this guy's doing it. You're doing it. And it's all, it's very exciting and it makes me happy. And when it's all done, there'll be a cool game to play. So that's exciting too. 
Yeah, yeah, and that's that's awesome to hear. And you know, I I actually hope that there's more people like you out there that maybe see what we're doing and it inspires them to to, to recreate an old game that they like as well. Because this is my this is my dream job. So uh, yeah, if if other people have that in them, that passion. Uh, yeah, I definitely say go for it. Like, cause this is this is the best job I've ever had. This is all I've ever wanted to do, and I'm doing it, and it's great, and everything's good. So, so other people should should do it yeah. as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, where should people go? So, Ultra Pro Wrestling is the game. What's the website or? Yeah, just ultraprowrestling.com. That has all the links to well, has links to the Kickstarter, has links to the YouTube. Uh, well, the trailer, which is on our YouTube channel. Down the bottom, we've got Instagram. I'm not on Facebook too much. Twitter is the one that I'm usually, for whatever reason, Twitter is the one that I'm just most active on. Whenever I try to update something, Twitter's kind of my go-to. So tw- if you want to follow us, follow us on Twitter because that's probably where we're most active. But subscribe to our YouTube as well. Awesome. And I will... Uh... Often these videos take me a while to edit, but I'll try and edit this one real super fast. So hopefully I can get it at least like a few days before the Kickstarter is over. So if anyone watches this, maybe you'll get a few extra dollars. Awesome. And uh, yeah, so thanks a lot for talking. Sam, say hello to the rest of your team who are Hi. like off to the side someplace. Hello. <laughs> awesome. And you have a, you have a lovely uh, Scottish day, right? Is that what's happening? I was going to say you too, but then you added in the Scottish. So I can't yeah, say that. Yeah, you, you have a... Fuck, you have, have a, nice a lovely day Scottish day. It's okay. I'm an open-minded guy. <laughs> no, also, awesome talking to you. You're awesome. I'll catch you later. Yeah, you too, dude. Cheers. And that was my chat with Sam Vallely from Hyperfocus Games. Uh, Ultra Pro Wrestling sounds really awesome. Again, if you want to check out the video version of this conversation, please go to the Beyond Synth YouTube page. I am going to be producing more video content. I actually really enjoyed recording these interviews and editing them and got them out surprisingly quickly, which made me happy. I figured since these two conversations might be relevant to the podcast to put them into Beyond Synth as well, but in the future, I might be interviewing people on Andy at Desk on the YouTube channel that are just weird things I find interesting that might not really have any connection at all to retro stuff or synthwave stuff. And if I do, those interviews will be exclusively on the YouTube channel. I mean, like, you know, have you ever just thought, wouldn't it be cool to, like, interview a volcanologist and just talk about volcanoes or something? I don't know. Like, that's the kind of stuff that has been interesting me lately, is just trying to find interesting people to chat with. Anyways, there should still be a few days left to check out Ultra Pro Wrestling's Kickstarter, and if that sounded interesting to you at all, um, I suggest you do that because that is going to be a cool thing. Even if the Kickstarter is done by the time you hear this, I think there's still other ways to support that project as well. So, anyways, that's all I have to say. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beyond Synth. I'm aware it was sort of late, but that's because I was working on these video interviews, so don't worry. The next episode is a fun one. It'll be out in less than a week at the suggestion of one of my awesome Patreon supporters. Uh, I was told to watch Miami Connection, which I haven't seen before, and I watched it, 
and I liked it a lot, and I was very excited, and so I recorded an emergency power hour with Marco, and uh, we talk about it for quite a bit. So that is coming up next time. So thanks for listening. Keep subscribed to Beyond Synth. Tell your friends, and uh, please support the show if that's something you want to do. All right, have a lovely week, and we'll talk to you next time on Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. Beyond Synth Radio is produced by Andy Last. Check the show notes for more information on the musicians featured on the show. Beyond Synth is made possible by listeners like you. Consider supporting Beyond Synth at patreon.com slash beyondsynth. Thanks for listening.